0: Hello everyone, this will be a short episode, so I want to educate people more about the world that I was able to escape as the child runaway slave that I was forced to feel like I was. This is the Cypher Brief, The Structure and Psychology of Drug Cartels, Expert View, June 15, 2016, by Michael Vigil. Um, It says, One of the most prominent and visible characteristics of a transnational drug trafficking organization is the existence of a highly formal hierarchy that is distinguished by clearly defined levels of authority and responsibilities. I wanna pause right there and say that I've never liked the word organization attached to pure evil. I never liked the words formal as well as hierarchy attached to pure evil. The words authority, responsibility, and define attached to pure evil causes me to feel the nausea of my inner life. It says, for example, the Cali and Medellin cartels, which dominate the global cocaine market, in the 1980s and early 1990s, skillfully placed individuals in positions where they would be most effective. Now, the word effective attached to pure evil is a strong aggravation for me. I'm just telling you the drug cartels world I was forced to grow up in as a child. So, I'm actually reading to you what I was pushed out of. Because, as you know, by the time I was six years old, organized crime was history in my past. So, it says, like, the vast majority of sophisticated drug cartels... They had a pyramidal structure with defined vertical authority. Now, I hate the word sophisticated, pyramidal, and structure, and vertical attached to pure evil. Uh, It's tough for me to read to you what someone else wrote that I actually endured personally, to no fault of my own. Um... More people need to know about things like this because people see things in the media, depictions of television and movies as primary ways of seeing organized crime, but they don't talk about how it goes and how to stop it, most importantly. So, let me be honest. In the organized crime world that I was in, um I did experience that same pyramidal structure and quotations as well as the divine vertical authority and the highly formal Hierarchy and the codified levels of authority and responsibilities and organizations. I experienced all these things when it came to the Mexican drug cartels. Um, Then it says, however, there are drug cartels that are horizontally structured. I was forced to be a part of drug cartels where that was sadly and tragically indeed the case. It says, as a result, they don't have ranked positions as in a vertical hierarchy. I witnessed that too, to be true. And this type of structure, authority for decision-making flows across various components rather than moving downward in a formal chain of command. Now, the concept of decision-making and flowing and components and moving and Formal and chain of commands I hate all those concepts Attached to pure evil Called organized crime But Sad to say These things are real As a person who came from that world This is Literary reality um, For my childhood Sometimes I read to you What people write Regarding my own childhood experiences And this is one of those times It says The Sinaloa cartel Currently the most powerful drug cartel in the world Has survived brutal attacks by rival cartels and the capture of its most prominent leader Chapo Guzman Because of this horizontal structure El Chapo That's the guy. Now, did I ever hear about El Chapo when I was in the Mexican drug cartel world? Yes. Did I... Was I surrounded by people who claimed to have been associated with El Chapo and met him and talked with him? Yeah. What I heard about him was... He was, like, the scariest, most frightening, most lethal boogeyman if you press the wrong buttons. That's what was said about him. I don't ever remember meeting him. I don't think I did. Because if I did, they would have told me, oh, that was him. But that never happened. So I don't think I ever met him. But from what I heard about him, I didn't want to be around him at all. <laughs> um, I would say the scariest, the second scariest world I was ever placed in was the drug cartel. world. The mafia was the worst. The Italian Mafia was the worst. Um, sometimes I felt like the Mafia and drug cartels would go neck and neck in terms of ruthlessness. But I would say the Mafia was the worst. And when it came to the Italian Mafia, they were the most violent, the most murderous, the most feared, the most physically imposing, the most physically intimidating, the most physically strong um the the biggest the most thieving and the most robbing of all the organized crime syndicates I was ever part of. I would say mafia. um because they're because they supply things to drug cartels I was supposed to be a part of I meaning the Mexican ones as well as the street cruiser DC and the DC street gangs and the prison motorcycle gangs I would say the mafia Thai mafia I expect, you know they were the most rapes in that world um there was the most adultery in that world now obviously adultery and rape are never the same thing so don't get that confused or twisted. Um, the most Sin city activities was in the mafia. They were the most hardcore gangsters I have ever encountered. But let me keep going. Although the Sinaloa, Sinaloa cartel originally had a vertical hierarchy, it was forced to change because of its rapid global expansion into over 40 countries. Now, I heard of the Sinaloa Um, I was, I think I was connected to them, but because I was, I wasn't a, I wasn't, um, what you would call El Chapo-ish in that world in terms of organized crimes, power, stature. I was just someone that was up and coming in that world. So the Sinaloa Cartel, I was a part of it, but I wasn't number one in that world in terms of leadership. I was just someone that in their mind, he makes us look good because, you know, the illegal lottery and drug hustling that I was made to do for them. Um, it's like, in, a, in some ways, I was treated as a low-level criminal. In other ways, I was treated as this up-and-coming black L Chopper they tried to make me out to be. But I didn't stay long enough to ever become um, basically the Wayne Perry of drug cartels. I never got to that point, I was never the Howard, Pappy, Mason that they tried to make me out to be in that world. I I never got that big, and I'm so thankful I didn't. Big and being a star in organized crime is nauseating. It's heart-wrenching, heart-aching, and heartbreaking. And as Frederick Douglass would say, soul-destroying. Uh, Then it says, Like many international corporations such as Walmart or McDonald's, the Sinaloa cartel began to function like many subsidiary-based companies with semi-autonomous components. So, organized crime tries to compete with um, corporate America. in terms of size, structure, star power, and being an economic powerhouse. So organized crime is the pure evil version of corporate America. Because corporate America is global, they say, hey, let's make our pure evil global. And when I was in... organized crime world and the Mexican drug cartels, they were international. They weren't just quote unquote thriving in pure evil. Um in Mexico. They were they had United States um expansion, South America expansion, Asia in expansion, The country of India expansion. Um, The islands, they had some expansions there. Africa and the Middle East expansions. Europe, yes. Yes, in Europe too. That's what I remember. Even Central America. Um, That's as far as I remember. A common factor of drug cartel structures, whether vertical or horizontal, is their uncanny ability to informally communicate responsibilities and operating procedures. Now, as a child, I saw that happening all the time. Um, they, They tend to speak in code. It could be alphabetically. Numerically, or it could be gestures, it could be body language, it could be glancing, um, it could be slang, it could be play on words, it could be puns, it could be sarcasm. It could be singing, it could you know, as well as songs, it could be books, it could be even hints and clues that they would use to talk to each other to avoid to the best of their ability being prosecuted by law enforcement. Um that's what I saw when I was in that world. Then it says they don't use written rules or guidelines like legitimate corporations. Now that's true because in their mind if we leave a record of our evil, then we will have a criminal record that shows our evil, and that's not what we're trying to do. That I saw these things growing up. Then it says Instead, instructions are communicated orally and often only implied. So, basically, they say without saying. From what I remember, that's true. They would talk about things, but they weren't direct about everything because... They were afraid of treachery. I'll give you an example. If they wanted dope to be peddled in... Let's say D.C., which happened. They wouldn't say D.C., they would say... I want the merry-go-round to flourish in the most powerful part of North America. The merry-go-round is the drugs. The most powerful part of North America is D.C. So that's, it's like that. That's what I actually saw. And then it says, still, they are ruthlessly enforced by Lugar Tenientes, lieutenants, better known as plaza bosses. There were more women plaza bosses than men plaza bosses. And the women ruthless were, were the most ruthless enforcement in the drug cartel world. They are the most loyal. they're the most deadly, the most dangerous. they are the most insane. like when I say insane, I'm not making fun about his mental health. I'm just saying in terms of that desire for retribution, That's insane. And to be honest... When I say insane again... I'm not making fun of anybody's mental health. I'm just saying... That most psychologists... Would look at them and say... That they're... Criminally insane... Or... Clinically insane. Now... The women were the most clinically insane... In organized crime. And the men were the least clinically insane organized crime. The women were the most criminally insane in organized crime and the men were the least criminally insane organized crime. So, in other words, the women were the most criminally insane and clinically insane when it came between them and men regarding organized crime. And when I say insane, I respect people's mental health. I'm just telling you what society and drug professionals would say. I'm just referencing their labeling of people. Organizational members quickly learn the rules that they are dealt with violently. Now, I saw that growing up. With me, they weren't that way with me because usually organizational members, they, from my experience, they have had to have had a prior history of being difficult for them to feel like, if you don't pick on this right away, we're going to savagely beat you to death. Or just savagely beat you and still let you live. When it came to me, they weren't like that. It was more of, you know, if you didn't bother anybody and you only showed your tough side when someone was and and others were being unnecessarily oppressed, organized crime figures would tend to treat me as if, oh, we revere, we revere Antonio. They said it without saying it because normally I didn't show my tough side. Normally I was the cool cat guy. I had the cool cat persona. And I only showed my tough side if you were picking on people and there was no logical reason to pick on people, especially uh, the disadvantage of our world. So, in organized crime, in their mind, oh, we don't need to be, we don't need to get on Antonio because he already, you know, for the most part, he don't bother anybody. You know, he's not actively starting drama with people. And if he gets tough, it's like, you know, why was you picking on somebody and ain't you no know, threat to you? So, when it came to the organized crime syndicates I was forced to be a part of, it wasn't the whole, you know, we gotta deal with you harshly and violently, even if you don't learn the rules. It was more of Antonio's... Antonio has like this... this unheard of brain. In terms of his brain power. That's how they saw him. They're like man this is a, a wicked smart cat. And nice person. Um, if you hurt the people he loves. He's going to come after you. But other than that. He's a laid back. Chill kind of guy. And organized crime figures. Most of them. They would would tell me. How much respect they had for me their mind like wow you know the fact that I was considered a gentleman gangster that's why most organized crime figures will openly communicate their respect to me amongst themselves and as for the women in that world they openly communicated to me amongst themselves that they respected me the most. cause, And I'm not glorifying any of this. I'm actually doing the total opposite. I'm discouraging all this. In organized crime, there's... Being a gangster automatically means there's nothing chivalrous about you. But in that world, if you're a gangster that holds the door open for a woman, and you... Walk arm in arm with her, you don't yell at her, you don't call her female slurs every opportunity you get, and that you are willing to stand up for her. Um, if someone was trying to endanger her life, it made even guys go, Look at me, I'm like, most guys in that world. And most women in that world had their toxic version of respect for me. Meaning, well, he's going to be one of our favorites. So, I spent the most time with them than all the other criminals. Criminal leadership, I spent the most time with them than all the other criminals. Because criminal leadership liked me the most out of everybody in that organized crime world so did I see people get dealt with violently and murderously did I see people get dealt with violently and murderously for not quickly learning the rules as organizational members and as newbies too yeah and it was dreadful to witness such a thing and then it says in terms of communication, drug trafficking networks operate much like many terrorist cells, and that lower levels of communication actually result in increased security for the organization. Um, yes. There's a lot of bodyguards in organized crime. You know how Hollywood has its security team? Organized crime has its own unofficial security team. And they compete with even Hollywood bodyguards from a distance in how to protect its organized crime celebrities as well as helping them to not catch a case with organized crime groupies and to have organized crime groupies without all of the um, paternity chaos in terms of test DNA results. So, yeah, walkie-talkies, speaking into the microphone, and Using electronics and even reference, coded references to alert each other. I saw that all the time. Then it says, they tend to lean, they tend to lean towards the passing of information and directives through personal contact rather than written communication. So basically they're saying, look, I wanna meet you one-on-one because I know I won't be confused but when you write certain things, I'm not gonna fully know what you're talking about. So these are things I saw growing up. Due in large part to their lack of highly structured and established procedures. Drug cartels have great adaptability in responding to law enforcement initiatives or changes in the drug market. So, let's say certain drugs stop being as popular, or certain drugs, it it was much easier to catch those who are addicted as well as those signing, as well as those selling it to them. Or let's say somehow inflation may organize crime figures, raise the prices of the selling and the making and the buying of drugs. That's why these drug cartels that I saw, they would say, oh, no problem. We'll just sell different drugs or sell more of the popular drugs or sell the old drugs, but make them more lucrative by saying, hey, in order to get this new drug, you gotta buy the old drug. So I saw that in that world. Um, in that world, I saw um, them being evilly structured in establishing evil, and it is an evil establishing showed up in the procedures. Um, Then it says, Flexibility is possible because of the process of close personal coordination and interactions among members of the criminal organization. So, basically, I saw the distribution of drugs, the packaging of drugs, the selling of drugs, the buying of drugs, um, the boxing up of the drugs, putting them in boxes, putting drugs, even cash in treasure chests, in safes, you know, like a safe, you know, in vaults, and triple beans, I saw those. I saw drug scalings and balancings. So that line flexibility is possible. Flexibility is possible because of the process of close personal coordination and interactions among members of the criminal organization. The fact that they work so tight together to poison families, fatally speaking, Is sadly what I was involuntarily privy to. Calling each other on the phone, writing letters to each other, and meeting up together, meal or no meal, to cause organ disfigurement and bodily disfigurement to people's families. It causes me to feel grumpy and grouchy on the inside. Then it says, Drug cartels have shown great skill in adapting their criminal structures to better leverage resources and alliances in order to expand the financial and geographic scope of their illicit businesses. Sad to say, but more importantly, it's sad that it's done. That is a painful fact. that I saw in person. Then it says, within their structures, they promote specialization that precludes multiple individuals performing the same task or responsibility. My, my soul is shattered because that was something I saw routinely. Um, every member devotes their attention to one task that will contribute to the overall performance of the cartel. Some people are singular, some people do double in terms of positions. And they try to resemble the world of work by having shifts and its own version of part-time jobs and full-time jobs and apprenticeship, printer, apprenticeships internships and voluntary organized crime says, ooh, we're going to abuse those concepts so the products in the brand will be criminalistic and not friendly to law enforcement then it says by signing by assigning one task to one cartel member the most qualified and intelligent individuals get placed in key roles through a process of promotion similar to private corporations so in other words you do one pure evil at a time And if you do an evil at a time, you get to do two evils at a time, then three evils at a time, then four evils at a time, then five evils at a time, then six evils at a time. And we'll give you pure evil raises, pure evil promotions, pure evil signing bonuses, pure evil vacation money, pure evil stipends. Then it says coordination of activities by each component must occur to guarantee that all objectives are achieved efficiently and in a timely manner. I'm just taking a breather Because it hurts so much to even comment Um, But what I can say is that Pure evil likes to warp Timeliness And efficiencies And pure evil's version of guarantee Pure evil's version of coordination Pure evil's version of activities Pure evil's version of components And pure evil's versions of objectives and pure evil's version of corporations it shows that there are people comfortable with economically abusing others and themselves There are people comfortable with helping people use hardcore drugs to self-medicate to eventually suicide and to have the drugs be their assassins. Reading my childhood to you, motherfucking hurts. And it makes me feel shittiness. (sighs) Then it says an important component of every cartel structure is that it is fashioned to protect the top leadership at all costs. I saw that. And the women were the most... Territorial regarding that. And it says cartel members are limited to carefully compartmentalized roles. That means if a member is apprehended by law enforcement, they can only provide limited information, information they are familiar with, which will not have a significant impact on the cartel's operations. Yeah, somebody to take the fall. Somebody so that they can "quote unquote" snitch on and "quote unquote" rat out. You know that that that's how they have a warped version of family. A crime family is not a healthy family at all. And they'll go. You know what? I will sa- I will sacrifice you negatively. So, you get my jail time for me. You get the death penalty being on death row for me. You become the laughing stock of society. And not myself. There's a lot of chicken shits in our world. There's a lot of Punk asses in the world. That I can tell you. And I saw people. Go down in law enforcement. I saw people evade law enforcement. I saw people get prosecuted by law enforcement. I saw some people. Never make it to the most wanted list. I've seen people never made it to the police because they're recovering their tracks so meticulously quite often. Then it says, Drug cartels like psychopaths display common behavioral traits such as a disregard for laws and social mores, a failure to feel remorse or guilt, a tendency to display violent behavior, and a disregard for the rights of others. They're volatile and prone to emotional outbursts resulting in murderous violence and horrific bullying. And those are all the self-explanatory actions that I saw as a five-year-old child. Most cartel members are uneducated and live on the fringes of society. As a result, they have no regard for society in general or its rules. Now, all those things, I was around it Monday through Friday. Psychologically, they don't feel empathy for others, although some members can be disarming of charming personalities. Up close and personal, those are disturbing... Acknowledgements to make Certain parts of life You don't want to be facts or truth But yes That world it Organized crime is sociopathic Psychopathic, narcissistic Psychopathic Sociopathic um, It has all the personal Organized crime has all the personality disorders That I can show you this is, for example, Chapo Guzmán comes across as a simple farmer and certainly is not threatening, but in reality he is a ruthless, cold-blooded killer who has been responsible for the death of deaths of ten thousands of people. So organized crime has those with genocidal spirits within them, and they're basically nice-acting felons. Um, Just because they're not harming you Doesn't mean they're not harming other people Don't be selfish and go Hey, they ain't shitting on me So I don't care You should care about They can't be just respectful They can't be just respectful of you They have to be respectful of Everyone else that they interact with I don't believe in Christianizing pure evil I don't believe in Christianizing toxicity. I don't believe in Christianizing bullshit either. I don't believe in Christianizing assholeism either. Then it says... Cartels, when committing crimes, carefully plan out every detail in advance. and have contingency plans in place. Their members are usually calm, cool, collected, and meticulous. Their crimes are well organized. So basically what the author is saying is that they are good at hiding their mayhem, and they seclude people, meaning that they have a warped sense of protecting others from their evil. Um... Now you fully understand why God is my biggest puzzle, God is my biggest problem, God is my biggest tangle. God is my biggest bafflement. God is my biggest question. God is my biggest frustration. God is my biggest intricacy. God is my biggest maze, God is my biggest issue, God is my biggest enigma, God is my biggest baffler. Um God is my biggest conflict, God is my biggest brain teaser. God is my biggest puzzler, God is my biggest query. God is my biggest mystery, God is my biggest dilemma, God is my biggest muddle. God is my biggest secret, God is my biggest riddle, God is my biggest ambiguity. God is my biggest difficulty, God is my biggest perplexity, God is my biggest my biggest confusion. God is my biggest entanglement, God is my biggest stickler, God is my biggest paradox. like God is my biggest riddle. God is my biggest cryptogram. God is my biggest crossword puzzle. God is my biggest jigsaw puzzle. God is my biggest anagram. God is my biggest acrostic. God is my biggest rubus. God is my biggest Chinese puzzle. God is my biggest palindrome. God is my biggest problem to be worked for. Amusement. And I also want to say... um, Within my sex life... There is... Healthy aims. Healthy intentions. Healthy ends. Healthy goals. Healthy purposes. Healthy missions. Healthy objectives. Healthy objects. Healthy ideas. Healthy designs. Healthy hopes. Healthy resolves. Healthy meaning. Healthy meanings. Healthy views. Healthy scopes. Healthy desires. Healthy needs. Healthy dreams. Healthy expectations. Healthy ambitions. Healthy intents. Healthy destinations. Healthy directions. Healthy schemes. Healthy perspectives. Healthy proposals. Healthy targets, healthy aspirations, healthy plans, healthy resolution, healthy tenacity, healthy constancy, healthy persistence, healthy confidence, healthy determination, healthy logic, healthy faith, being healthily relevant. So my sex life in closing is filled with Healthy prudence, healthy caution, healthy circumspection, healthy judgments, healthy providence, healthy considerateness, healthy judiciousness, healthy deliberation, healthy wisdom, healthy foresight, healthy forethought, healthy care, healthy carefulness, healthy frugality, healthy watchfulness, healthy precaution, healthy heedfulness, healthy heed, healthy economy, healthy husbandry, healthy the healthy wife wife. Uh, healthy concerns, healthy conservation, healthy discernment, healthy cunning, healthy vigilance, healthy coolness, healthy calculation, healthy practice of mind. He- um, healthy. Um, And I would say healthy, um. Healthy sexual coping skills, healthy sexual management skills. And in closing. You know who the fuck I am. And but more importantly, in closing. You know who the fuck I'm not.